This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the voice of milk in Congress with customers and in communities. Learn more at voiceofmilk.com. Good Tuesday afternoon. I'm Ben Nully. President Donald Trump says the federal government is offering full support to the Hawkeye State on his brief stop in storm-ravaged Iowa today. And the USDA also announced assistance for impacted farmers just as we delivered $117 million to the Cedar Rapids Flood Mitigation Project in 2018. And that was another big one. Cedar Rapids has had a rough couple of years when you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. But we took good care of the flooding. And just like we did that, we're going to help you recover from the storm and uh, we'll get it done and we'll all get it done together. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds requested $4 billion in federal assistance Sunday. She says $3.7 billion of that is agriculture-related. Straight-line winds uprooted trees, knocked down power, and destroyed crops across a wide swath of Iowa last Monday. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag sent a letter to USDA's Grist Management Agency today detailing crop damage and harvest concerns. Read this story at agripulse.com. Rural Democrats in Congress say a big part of Biden-Harris winning the rural vote is simply getting voters to show up. You have to care. Uh, you have to be willing to sit down and talk and listen to folks. And, you know, we all have uh, the same challenges. We want the same things for our families. But it is a different in a small town versus uh, a larger city and just in terms of, you know, how things work. That's Senate Ag Committee Ranking Member Debbie Stabenow of Michigan talking at a virtual rural caucus meeting at the Democratic National Convention earlier today. Iowa freshman Congresswoman Cindy Axney says Democrats cannot take rural communities for granted. Their voices deserve to be heard in Washington. So we've got to listen to them first and foremost. Secondly, we have to work to level the playing field to ensure that we don't leave rural businesses, school children, and health services behind. Tonight's convention theme is Leadership Matters. Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative provides dairy farmers throughout the Midwest with a powerful voice, the voice of milk, in Congress, with customers, and within their communities. Edge is one of the top cooperatives in the country based on milk volume. Learn how Edge empowers farmers and listen to our Dairy Stream podcast at voiceofmilk.com. As schools contemplate reopening this fall, a dairy economist questions how that will impact fluid milk demand the rest of the year. University of Minnesota Assistant Professor Marin Bozic says traders are likely already factoring in demand destruction of fluid milk consumption into futures prices. If you look at the current spread between Class 3 and Class 4 futures for the rest of the year, it is still about twice the average spread. So the, the spread is currently about $3.00 or thereabouts, and typically it would be about $1.50. Class 3 milk futures are cheese. Class 4 milk futures are butter and non-fat dry milk. He says most traders assume some fluid milk typically produced for schools will go to powder, but Bozic says the big question is how much of a reduction in fluid milk consumption will schools actually account for? And to which extent will that be compensated for by higher retail sales of fluid milk? We know that some kids that would be served milk at school and they'll drink milk at school if, if they stay at home instead, will not go the, the uh, not take the extra step to, to make sure that they have, um, that they consume as much milk. Um, so in that sense, it may not be fully compensated for by, by increase in retail demand. 
If schools only require students to be in class half of the week, he says roughly 40 million pounds of milk on a weekly basis will have to go elsewhere. About 19% of total U.S. milk production goes to fluid milk. Of that amount, school demand is between 7 and 8%. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has denied requests to rehear its decision vacating registrations for Extendamax, Fexapan, and Ingenia herbicides. That makes the Supreme Court as the last stop for dicamba manufacturers seeking to overturn the ruling. In a brief order Monday, the court rejected the registrant's request to have the case reheard en banc. That decision leaves the court's June 3rd ruling in place and means Bayer, Corteva, and BASF will have to go to the Supreme Court to seek review of the decision. The Environmental Protection Agency could do so as well, but unlike the companies, EPA did not seek rehearing of the decision. Read more of Steve Davies' story at agripulse.com. There you'll also find the latest agriculture, trade, environmental, and regulatory news. For Agripulse, I'm Ben Nully.